A recap from last week is that um, last week we looked at the uh, the parable of the sower and Jesus sharing about the five responses of the heart towards the word of God, and then ultimately Jesus is the living living word of God, and every every word that Jesus spoke was God's words, and everything that he did was a, an expression of God's heart, and and we we looked at the seed being the word of God in that parable, and how the seed how the word of God basically is is the overflow of God's heart, just like Jesus taught about how with us, with people, the, you can tell a, a person's heart by what comes out of their mouth, that the overflow of a person's heart, the mouth speaks. And uh, Jesus' parable is either um, it's a sermon on the kingdom of God or a story about farming, depending on your heart, you know, and Jesus spoke in parables. And it's about listening and it's about putting the puzzle pieces together. Um, a question for you tonight would be, isn't it like that every day for you and for me? Is that ordinary stuff, you know, earthly stuff just happens, but depending on your heart, the soil of your heart, depending on how you respond to that, it's either a message that God's trying to teach you in that situation or it's just something that's just regular like a flat tire on the side of the road or a conversation you've had with somebody. It's just normal. But with the right heart, you can see, hey, that, that might give me an opportunity to um, help that person with the flat tire and, and, and share, you know, just serve them. Or it might be a conversation where you can just bless somebody and just encourage them. You know, they might be going through something tough at the moment. You might even pray for them. Wow, that would be an awesome. But remember, the word of God, it, it must be. It must rest on our heart, uh, not your feelings, but your heart. You know, sometimes people can be a head person or a heart person, you know, and they're, they're all about thinking and they don't have any feelings or they're a, they're a heart person where they're all about feeling and it's almost like they don't think. This is not about that. It, the heart in the Bible is really the central processing unit of the person. It's it's kind of the feeling and and the thinking all together in one. Um, but it's never just intellectual knowledge. It's, it's, it's both. And here we come to the parable of the lamp. Now, we know that Jesus told the parable of the sower last week, and the disciples asked for the meaning, and he said, if you don't understand this one, how will you understand the others? So I'm so glad we learned about the parable of the sower last week because we're coming to another parable. And so hopefully we can use the keys or the key from that parable to learn what this is talking about. So here we go, verse 21. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. Jesus asks a question, which is an earthly question. It's a not, there's nothing really spiritual about this question. He's just asking a normal question. And the original Greek, it has actually two questions. And the first one is, is a lamp to be placed under a basket or a bed? Is a lamp to be hidden away? And the answer is no. And everyone knows that, you know, the earthly meaning. Of course not. The second question is, is it not, to, is it not put upon the lampstand? Don't you put a lamp on a lampstand up high? In other words, doesn't it go, isn't it supposed to be unhidden, a lamp? And the answer is, yes, 
Everybody knows that. Jesus just gave us an awesome test and we all passed. You don't hide a lamp, you put it out in the open. So the question is, what is this lamp Jesus talks about? It's, it's a lamp or it's something else. You know, we know that there is something else involved in this parable because a parable is not just an earthly story. It's an earthly story that contains a heavenly truth. The answer to the question, what is the lamp, really depends upon how you interpret the first parable. Jesus said to them in verse 13 of chapter 4, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, the sower, how will you understand all the other parables? So Jesus is extending his teaching now about receiving God's word in this parable that we're looking at now. In Psalm 119, Verse 105, it's a big psalm. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. His word, God's word, illuminates every step in faith. That is, his instruction, his decree illuminates every step in faith. This means that God's word must be in front of us as we walk by faith. You know, it's a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. In other words, I'm going forwards. His word must be in front of me, leading me forward, bringing clarity on the way. But Jesus says here that a lamp is lit in a room. There's not a way. There's not a going forwards. There's a room. All right. Why? Well, the answer, I think, is because the room is dark. Now, you might have your own answer, but I'm just going to be real simple tonight. Jesus says you light, a, you light a lamp in a room because it's dark. Now, I don't know if they had scented candles back then, but sometimes we light scented candles in our house to bring a fragrance. But for Jesus and this parable, it's just to light the darkness because the room is dark. And probably as a sub-answer, because it hurts to trip, trip, trip over stuff in the dark. Have you ever tripped over stuff in the dark? Like woken up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet or to, to do something and you, and you forgot that you left something on the floor or there's something in the way and you trip over it and you didn't even realize it was there until your face hit the floor. Has anyone ever had one of those moments or is it just me? I'm one of those people and we're probably a rare breed, I'm not sure, but if there's lights on in the room and it's nighttime and you switch the lights off, it takes me a long time to get used to the darkness. It's just pitch black. On my, it's like my eyes are open, but they're shut. I can't see a thing. And lighting a light in a dark room really helps me out. It means I don't trip over. Turning the light off in a dark room, however, doesn't change the furniture around. Turning a light off in a dark room doesn't change the furniture around. What was true in the light was was still true in the dark. You watch. Next time you're uh, standing in a room and it's night time, have a look around at the furniture when the lights are on and then switch the lights off. I guarantee you the furniture is still in the same place. Everything about the room is still true. It's still a fact that everything is still there, but you can't see it. What was true in the light is still true in the dark. It's just that the light reveals 
what's true about the room. So why did Jesus teach in parables? We know that he taught in parables not to reveal truth, but to hide it. He didn't teach parables to reveal truth. He taught parables to hide truth. The lit lamp, I think, is listening, is listening. Just like the soil is listening. The seed of the word of God is, is put forward and it's the soil that responds properly to that seed. The, the lamp is lit in a room and it opens the way to what's true. And if we listen to the word of God properly, like listen, listen, it can illuminate our way. Now, whatever that way is, whatever that room might be, whatever that situation you're facing in life, the word of God is living and active. It's powerful and it can light the way. It can bring illumination. Just because your eyes can't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not a true fact. Did you know that? For example, what was the largest mountain in the world before Mount Everest was discovered? I wonder if anyone wants to just, you know, write that down in the notifications, the answer to that question. Does anyone know what, what the uh, largest, the tallest mountain in the world was before Mount Everest was discovered? Any takers? Well, the answer is obviously Mount Everest. We just didn't realize it was. It was still true. It was still a fact, but we hadn't discovered it yet. There is a true reality hidden in the parables, in the teaching of Jesus. In every single parable, there is a true reality to be discovered. Kingdom of God reality to be discovered. An unseen, maybe, reality to be discovered. Truth as it really is, now is. Not how it seems that it is. Truth now. It's now, now truth. It's just that it's dark and we we can't see what's true about that situation. Is this making any sense to anybody? For example, we pray, we pray in our family, when we're, when we're confused about a situation or about stuff that's happening in our lives, we won't get personal on, on Facebook live stream tonight, but I'm sure you guys, you, stuff happens in your life, we just go, where did that come from? Like what, what, what is happening here? And so we pray a prayer, which is very common for Sonia and I, as we pray, Lord Jesus, what is the truth about this situation? You know, what is the truth about this? Because he knows the truth. We don't even know the truth, even though it seems like we might about a situation. And, and, it, and sometimes we can step into something thinking that we know the truth about that situation or about that person's predicament or whatever, and we can trip up. We can trip up like tripping over the furniture because we haven't listened to what Jesus has to say about that. Until we listen, we will trip up. We will always trip up. But the wonderful thing is that God is so gracious that he allows us to get back into that situation again and listen to him. And, and if we trip up again, that's all right. It'll happen again down the track with another person or another situation until we listen to him. And then we might get through it. As we listen to him, we can step around that obstacle in a spiritual sense. Does that make sense? There's a proverb in Proverbs 25 uh, and verse 2. And um, my wife was actually asking me about this this morning. Sonia was asking me about this this morning. And uh, 
And it goes like this in uh, New Living Translation, Proverbs 25, 2. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Now, that's Solomon, the king. He's writing for his son, uh, Proverbs, about, you know, growing up. These are some wise things you need to know, son, you know. And so he's basically saying it's God's privilege to hide things for us to find. You see, if, wouldn't it be great, you know, sometimes I think, wouldn't it be great if, if God just revealed himself? I mean, he came down as a person in Jesus Christ. Can't he just, you know, speak? Because he's got the loudest voice in the universe. Can't he just speak to everyone and just say, hey, Jesus is God. You guys just, everyone repent because I want you all to be saved. And, and, and wouldn't it be great if Jesus just turned up and, and called Peter and Andrew and James and John and just said, hey, look, guys, let's just cut to the chase. I'm the creator of the universe. Follow me. Wouldn't it be great if he just didn't hide things and he just revealed who he was? Well, I thought that would be good until I realized, hang on a second, I don't realize how holy God is if I'm thinking that way. Because if God, the creator of the universe, the holy one, was to reveal himself clearly for all to see, we would all perish apart from his grace in Christ. We, we, that's why he chooses to hide Jesus in Bethlehem, so that someone can discover him, so that shepherds could discover him, so that so that wise men could discover him. You know, God's always hiding himself or or his word in something somewhere for people to discover. It's, it's belief. It's belief. It's faith. Otherwise, it's just not faith. It's not me searching for, for him. It's just me unable to be as holy as him in his presence. See, God, God in his mercy hides things. It's his glory to hide things. And it's the king's privilege or everyone's privilege to discover them. Deuteronomy 29, 29, this is what God said to the, the Israelites. He said, uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we might do all the words of his law. God hasn't revealed everything about himself to us, only enough for us to be saved. And one day we will see him as he is because of our faith in Christ. Everything will be totally stripped bare and the truth will be revealed for all to see. But until that day, God is being gracious to us all and, and speaking to us in parables <coughs> and wanting us to believe. Jesus himself said to the disciples, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. Jesus goes on to say in Mark chapter 4 and verse 22 in our reading today, in the parable of the lamp, he says, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears? Surely people have got ears listening to Jesus today. As they're listening to that parable for the first time, surely they have their ears on. What does Jesus mean? We all have ears. Exactly. This is a familiar statement of Jesus throughout the Gospels. He says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. There's a progression. You've got ears to hear. You should listen. And then there'll be understanding. Now, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing happens. 
It happens unless you're hearing impaired, but it happens involuntarily. That is, you can't close your ears. You'd be very talented if you could close your ears. The only way you could close your ears is how? Put something over them. You can't close your ears. You can close your eyes. You can close your mouth, but you can't close your ears. You can't, you can put your hands over your ears, but you are constantly hearing. Even while you're sleeping, you're hearing. Hearing simply happens. Everyone hears. It's just how you listen that matters. Listening is something you consciously choose to do. Listening requires concentration so that your brain processes meaning from words and sentences. Just last night, as, uh, as the younger ones were going to bed, uh, Anna found out that we had lost our crayfish, our yabby. Abby escaped from his tank. It was just not there. There was no yabby in the tank and nobody, nobody stole him, but he, he escaped and we didn't know where he was. We searched high and low. We looked here and there. And uh, I was sitting on the couch uh, later on at night when everyone had gone to sleep and it was still and quiet. And I was finishing off the touching touches of this service tonight. And it was quiet. And I heard this little tap, 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 just the slightest little tap. But it got my attention. And I found that the Abbey was actually underneath this TV cabinet. So I picked him up and put him back in the tank and he nearly died. But I heard him. I listened to the noise and I found and I and I searched for where that noise that, that noise was coming from and I found the Yabby. Here is a progression that Jesus says. Anyone with ears to hear, okay, we've all got ears to hear, should listen. Are you listening? And if you're listening, the next step is understanding. Understanding comes as we listen to God's word. Then Jesus goes on to say, pay close attention in verse 24. Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little they have, sorry, even what little understanding they have, will be taken away from them. Those who are listening will receive more clarity. Those who are listening will receive more clarity. Those who are listening to God for what's true about the room that's fully dark will receive more clarity about the truth. Illumination to what's true, to navigate the room, to navigate life, to navigate death. Whatever it is that you're facing, as you listen to what God says about the situation, truth will be revealed like a lamp being lit and putting, put, put high. Now, if, if we take his word and we don't listen to it and, and we hide it somewhere, then we're going to trip up. If, if we think we can do things with our own intellect, and our own knowledge and our own wisdom, then we're going to trip up. It's only as we 
walk with him, listening to his word, that life becomes a little bit easier to walk through. Now, we don't get all the answers, but we will one day. Jesus never told parables to reveal heavenly truth. He taught parables to conceal the truth. And the hearer's job was to listen. And only then comes the ability, or should I say the grace, to understand what God might be revealing in that parable, in that situation, in that problem. We must remember, though, that the key to unlocking the teaching of Jesus in every situation is an open and soft heart. There's a story about a man who was exploring caves by the seashore. And in one of the caves, he found a canvas bag with a bunch of hardened clay balls inside. It was like someone had rolled clay balls and left them out in the sun to bake. They didn't look like much, but they intrigued the man so much so that he took the bag out of the cave with him. As he strolled along the beach, he would throw the clay balls one at a time out into the ocean as far as he could. He thought little about it until he dropped one of the balls and it cracked open on a rock. Inside was a beautiful, precious stone. Excited, the man started breaking open all the other clay balls. Each one contained a similar treasure. He found thousands of dollars worth of jewels in the 20 or so clay balls that he had left. Then it struck him. He had been on the beach a long time. He'd thrown maybe 50 or 60 of these clay balls out into the ocean. And they were filled with hidden treasure. Instead of thousands of dollars in treasure, he could have taken home tens of thousands of dollars in treasure. Picture yourself walking into a, a dark room and then turning the light on and seeing what, what the truth is about that room. Then imagine when you go through life situations that you, you, you don't know how to navigate, where you say, where did this come from, God? It's like something come out of left field, you know? Where did this cancer diagnosis come from? What did, what's going on with this relationship? How come that person's reacting this way? What's going on here, Lord? Imagine that it's like that, that there is truth about God in that situation. There is something that he wants to teach you and others in those situations. But in our human hearts, we kind of come and, and we don't see all the truth. We, it's like cloudy or it's almost dark. And we don't know what's really true about that situation. But God will speak to each one of you this week, and I know it. And it will most likely be like one of those clay balls. It'll be something that's ordinary. But inside that, there's something that he wants to say to you. It, it might come as rejection. And you might want to throw that away. You might want, look, Lord, I don't want rejection in my life. Get rid of it. But maybe God wants to, maybe there's a gem in there of truth, of his word that he wants to teach you. Maybe it's an annoying neighbor. Maybe you're having a conflict with your neighbor. And you just want that problem to go away. But maybe God wants to teach you something in that. Maybe. Maybe it's a difficult medical diagnosis. And you just want that problem to go away. But maybe, maybe God wants to illuminate something in that room for you. Maybe it's a difficult child. 
Maybe it's continuous pain. Maybe it's frustration in the midst of isolation. You're stuck at home. I wonder what God wants to say to me in that. Will I be still enough? Will I open my Bible enough and allow him to speak to me in that moment? How you view that situation is key to not tripping up spiritually. Ask the Lord, what is the truth about this, Jesus? And listen. Listen. Ask him again and listen. Asking him again and listen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you know the truth about everything. And we thank you so much, God, that uh, in your mercy, you have revealed to us certain truths about you. We thank you that you've revealed Jesus to us, Lord, that each one of us here on this live stream can know that you love us because you sent Jesus, your one and only son, to die for us on the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We know it's true because we listen to your word. It tells us in John 3.16. And we believe that and it lights our way. It makes situations clearer. Lord, we thank you that as believers we can face death clearly. But Lord, sometimes in life we stumble across the furniture in, in the room, whatever it is, with the, the relationship difficulty, the disappointment, the diagnosis, whatever it is. Lord, sometimes we stumble because we think we know what the truth is about that situation, but you do. You know the absolute truth. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us, even if we don't know the truth about the situations that we go through, Lord, that you would help us to trust you in it, that we would have faith in you in those situations. But, Lord, I pray that ultimately each and every one of us would have soft hearts and open ears, not just to hear what you're saying, but to listen. And not just to listen, but to understand. And maybe humble ourselves. And maybe turn from our sin. And maybe ask for forgiveness. Or, or maybe seek forgiveness with somebody. Lord, help us to uh, repent even. But God, help us to walk in your truth each and every day. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are with us by your Holy Spirit, that as we walk with you, that uh, we can go through life together uh, and, and, and tackle these situations that can trip us up. We thank you so much, Lord God, that you carry us through the, the hard times. And we do pray, Lord, that you would help us to be carriers of your hope and your light this week. Help us to listen to your voice, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.